episode 23 of Ear to the Streets podcast. Um, joined today by a very, very talented man. Um, I'd like to say a, a soulful sort of songwriter, if that's the correct term to use for you. Um, do you want to just introduce yourself, let the listeners know who you are? Sure. My name is Martin Yates. I'm a, an artist, musician, songwriter, whatever you want to refer to me as. Um, from Birmingham originally with a bit of a Cockney twang or whatever. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just, I was obviously just before we, we went on and um, obviously I'm from Birmingham as well, but, you know, I speak to some people and they're like, are you, are you from Birmingham? I'm like, yeah, yeah, from yeah, Birmingham. Yeah. And they're like, you don't sound like it. And it's like, yeah, because you probably think I'm from the, like, you know, black country, Wolverhampton. Yeah, Dudley, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, no, no, that's so different. And when you try and explain to people the difference, they're like, you know, it's, it all sounds the same. No, no, it, there's a massive difference between Dudley, um, Warsaw, Wolverhampton, the black country, yeah, right? The Birmingham. I'm not saying Birmingham <laughs> doesn't have a bit of a twang because it does definitely 100%. Yeah. But, um, so what, what part of Birmingham did you, uh, did you grow up in mind? I was more towards our great bar, King Standing kind of way. Oh, okay. I was kind of in the middle of both of them. So, uh, yeah, some good memories from there. <laughs> and how, how did you pick up the, uh, the, the little cockney? slant on the well, accent <laughs> <laughs> well since like about two years now all my band are based down in london okay um all my pr people all my team are pretty much there um that was kind of a conscious decision on my part because that's where i want to kind of settle down in years to come you know um so i kind of shifted all my work down there still live in birmingham some people think i'm a bit mad but <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yeah so okay. everything's pretty much all down there now yeah and that's that's crazy because i think um it's the best, you know, it's, it, people say that it's crazy that you probably do the commuting and it's a lot mm -hmm. of commuting. I know that I've done something very similar myself as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, you've got obviously a, a drive to, to be down there eventually. And, and it's a brilliant place. Obviously, there's so much more. And I spoke about this on a podcast with other people. You know, there's so many more opportunities. Um, yeah. Maybe not Birmingham. Birmingham's really well, you know, populated for live music, etc. But London yeah. just seems to be like a, you know, a bubbling pot of fresh talent as well. Yeah, it seems like I've met a lot of musicians and, and artists and stuff like that around Birmingham, and I'm friends with a lot of them. Um, London just seems to have not even diverse, but it's just like there's so many more people that kind of base themselves there because they kind of realise that the, the industry is kind of there. Yeah. You know, we've got some great publication production companies and all that kind of stuff here and management companies and promoters here. We've got some really great venues and stuff, you know. London, you kind of have to cover every spectrum. It does make it harder, um, but there's so many diverse like band nights promoters will put on for venues and stuff like that. So it's kind of mingling. I kind of want to mingle with every kind of like Manchester, Birmingham, London. I kind of want to mingle with everyone, see what everyone's about, you know. Yeah, no, that makes sense. and. Um... Yeah, you know, I think, I know you've got up and down the country beforehand anyway, you've done quite a mm. lot of, you know, tours, live events, which we'll get onto later up and down the country. So um, just take me back a little bit. So growing up, obviously, uh, Great Bar, King Standen, know it really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, it used to, yeah, it just takes me back to like my childhood, I used to play football a lot around there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just, um, just in terms of growing up and um, some of those inspirations, who, you know, who were you listening to as a kid, and who, who, who was the sort of, um, I don't know, you know, for me, be like a Michael Jackson or, a, mm. a, yeah, you know, who, who were your inspirations when you were growing up? Yeah, I think I started singing when I was about four, really. Um, I pro could probably sing before I could talk, really. <laughs> That's what people <laughs> say. Uh, that cliche line. Um, 
But the first one that I really remember was Whitney, Whitney Houston. That was yeah. like the pinnacle for me. Um, and vocally, that's how I kind of trained myself. I, I went to a couple of lessons and stuff, but it didn't really stick. I was just mm. like, I want a bit more freedom when I'm performing, when I sing and stuff. I want it to come like a natural thing. Um, so Whitney was like the pinnacle. Michael Jackson, like you said, was like kink, you know. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was the one. Still is. <laughs> still is. Always will be, right? Um, other people like Prince. Uh, and then I started to kind of delve into like old songwriters like um, Carol King and but Bacharach and things like that and tried yeah. to kind of study every spectrum you know I wanted to kind of see the root of where music came from that I loved um and then obviously when I kind of started to grow up and started to get into to writing as well when I was about 14 15 obviously Adele was the one at that time still is as well yeah. <laughs> for songwriters and um she was the one that I kind of went to naturally she would she was a natural person for me to go to and then Sam Smith came out with his record and then it kind of inspired me even more to to be comfortable with writing about what I wanted to write about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of those artists that you've just listed off are so, you know, their vocals are so powerful, unique. Yeah. You know, you you, you put on a um even like a name in Winehouse, Whitney Houston, George Michael, Aretha Franklin, Michael Jack, all of these artists have got yeah. their own distinctive sounds that, you know, you put it on and you know it's them and i think it's such a, a key thing to have that kind of moment where you can distinguish who the artist is rather than just it, they all sound the same yeah exactly i think i think that's what kind of stuck out to me when i was young as well as soon as i flipped on the radio and heard like i don't know amy winehouse at the time i knew exactly who it was because mm -hmm. these are some of the, the greatest singers that ever lived you know aretha franklin was another one shaka khan you know some of the some of the great soul singers as well yeah, yeah stevie wonder you know i used to delve into a lot of his stuff as well you, you just know the great ones you know as yeah. soon as you, you you turn the radio on it's and that really inspired me i was like i want to go down that route and you know because you saw the longevity they had in the industry as well mm. the influence that they still have on the world so that's kind of what i wanted for myself really yeah and then going on to your music so obviously um how would you best describe your sound and obviously i think your sound's quite distinctive and it's quite you know like i said that powerful vocal when it hits you kind of know who the artist is and how would you best mm. describe that for you you know what my my sound took a long time to kind of mold really um because i was going down very much like the pop commercial route and then mm. i kind of found out later i was like yeah it's cool but i want to experiment with other stuff as well um so i'd say it was like there's definitely soul elements in there it's definitely pop Sometimes it could be indie influences. I don't necessarily like to um, kind of categorize because I kind yeah. of want to be a free spirit and kind of dip in and out where I can. Obviously keep my sound, but bring in like influences from like jazz and blues and stuff like that as well. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love a ballad. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> All right. Um, I was going to, because I was going to say, so originally you were just into the songwriting before you sort of crossed over and became... I suppose uh, an artist that is known to the face of people and ears to people as well. But was that always the the aim for you to to just become a, a obviously talented songwriter and then go from that to the artist as well? Uh, do you know what? I didn't want to write for years and years and years. I tried to dab at it when I was like fifteen, maybe sixteen, and I was like, it's that kind of cliche thing of 
before you get all the good songs, you kind of have to turn the dirty tap on and all, let all the water flush out before you get the good stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and that was very much the same with me. I think my first good song <laughs> came when I was about 19. So I was a pretty late star in that way. Um, but I just wanted to be an artist. You know, I was just like, you know, it's very easy for someone else to write a song and you just sing it. So <laughs> I was just like, yeah, let's do that. Um, and then, you know, you kind of get into situations in your life and stuff and somehow you want to write about it. And that's the real, I wanted to go down in the end. It was important yeah. for me. It sound, it's almost like writing um, is almost a form of therapy, whether, you know, it's, it, you know, people want to class it as that, but it seems like, you know, when people are able to pick up a pen and a notepad and just let out what, they probably can't really talk to someone about it's just a way of getting it all out there in the open and some people like to share that some people like to you know i know songwriters that will write 10 songs a month or 10 songs a day or whatever and not actually release any of them but it's just because they've done that it's released it from them if that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean some of the things i write about is predominantly relationships and that going really wrong <laughs> you know um we've all been and there. it's only when i kind of yeah right it's something everyone can relate to, I think. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't comfortable with kind of expressing the way I felt when I was in the situation. Mm. And when it, when I got kind of got myself out of it, I seemed to sometimes I go to the park on a Saturday night and just take a notepad and a pen and a, my voice memo stuff and yeah. and just record and write there, you know. And that was kind of my thing for about three years, um, just to kind of delve into what was I feeling at the time. And it's only when you kind of sit back and reserve and yeah. reflect on the situation that you kind of know what you want to write about and how it affected you when you put that down on paper. And it's not always easy to, um, to release that. I found it difficult in the end. Mm. That's why probably the first year of my career, I wasn't releasing as frequent singles. You know, I only released like three singles in 18 months to begin with because I was just worried about what people would think, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fair, it's a fair point. Cause I think a lot of the time in, not just in music, I think in a lot of things, the, the perception is what, how will something be received rather than yeah. you like it or you don't, you know, it's one of those, I think the table, until you turn that table around and realize that the music you should be putting out is for you before it's for anyone else really. Um, you know, that's when it kind of changes, I think for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank God, like my first single, I think was 2016. And it was just like an experiment thing. I was just like, let me put it out and see what people think. And it got a really good reception. And th yeah. that was completely unexpected. I wasn't looking for it to kind of gain fans or an audience or anything like that. I was just kind of putting it out for me. Um, and then we released a second single in, I think it was May 2017. And um even though I wasn't focused on Spotify streams and stuff, then it did well, yeah. you know, and I wasn't expecting it. I didn't know anything about promotion. <laughs> I didn't really have a team at the time. Like I just literally opened an Instagram and kind of posted it there and it kind of took off a little bit, which was, you know, to receive that kind of appreciation and love and people kind of saying, Oh, I understand what he means. You know, it resonates with me in it's that relatable. way. It was, yeah, man, it was, it was unexpected, but you know, it was lovely to kind of have that feeling as well. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And moving over to like live shows because I know you've done the Sunflower Lounge, which uh, when mm. I had James James Reedy on, he's done the same it's an iconic venue. If anyone doesn't know about Sunflower Lounge in Birmingham, mm. it's probably one of the most iconic that I can think of. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it's got some massive history behind it as well. Um, I think you've done O2 Academy as well. 
Yeah, we did. Sunflower Lounge was my first show and it sold out. Wow. And that was about two and a half years ago. First show, was like, <laughs> first show, I was like, right, I've never performed live before. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, as soon as the ticket started selling well, I was like, I don't want to do it to backing tracks. Let's get a band in. Yeah. Um, and so we did at the time and a couple of members are still the same. Um, I didn't know anything about rehearsals and stuff like that. So they're like, oh, when we, when we having a rehearsal for it, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about it. So it was kind of new territory for me. And then we get to the gig and it was literally just packed. Like yeah. there must've been 170 people in that venue. It was just, it looked like Glastonbury to me from the stage. Yeah, no, no. What, what's going through your head though at that point? Cause obviously, you know, I mean, I've been on stages before and even, you know, big capacities, small capacities. And I still get that same nervous feeling. Mm. regardless of if there's 20 people in front of me to you know however yeah. many else is there what was that feeling like for you like first yeah show? so sunflower lounge was it was my first one and it was kind of the first one as an artist as well so it was almost like a showcase of what i could do as well yeah and i took it really serious and i was almost hyperventilating backstage in the little dressing room we had <laughs> i was like my band was like playing the intro and i was still backstage i was like i can't go on and I was kind of signaling from the back. I was like, I'm not coming on. <laughs> I was like, you're going to have to drag me on. So my guitarist eventually came back and got me on, you know. Um, but it was, I took it really serious. You know, I was having the Manuka honey and the, and the lemon and all yeah. that kind of stuff and getting in good vibes and good spirits. But it was, I remember a couple of things going wrong in the gig. We, we bust an amp. The guitar amp went Shit. just bust. I was like, right, I'm going to have to bust a joke here just to kind of cover yeah, it up. Yeah um they sorted out pretty quick but it was the most memorable night in terms of gigs i think for me being the first one and that it went so well and people loved it and, and they came the back twice well. after that yeah being at yeah the it, it was iconic yeah 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 there was a bit of mishap with that because i was meant to perform at the actress and bishop oh i love it um, as well yeah and then something happened with the, with the date so we moved it over the, to the sunflower the day before so it was like trying to notify everybody was stressful. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> so when I found, I always wanted to do the sunflower originally anyway. Yeah. So when they told me that we were shifting it over to that, I was like, oh my God. It's a blessing yeah, in disguise, isn't it really? Yeah. I've yeah. seen some incredible people there starting out. Yeah, you know, yeah. one of my favorite artists at the minute is a guy called Tom Grennan. Yeah. And I remember seeing him about five years ago at the sunflower. So it was pretty wild, but probably the most memorable night i've had in terms of live gigs yeah and that's that's cool man it's a cool story because you know there's i'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to fill those shoes of being able to play there mm. and and to say that you've done that as your first and even though you blew the amp and you know you still got through that um but yeah, yeah. i think how, how are you finding obviously with lockdown at the moment no like i mean we haven't had like a, an entertainment industry for near enough say a year and a half now live mm. shows entertainment industry um how have you been coping without that element to your to your music as well do you know what we did a lot a lot of shows in 2019 throughout from the february up until the november um and we packed it in and recorded in between that so the first couple of months i was i didn't miss it too much i was like we've done a lot enough last year let's just kind of focus on writing and stuff now mm. um but nobody really knew that he was going to kind of take over for a year. Yeah. You know, no one predicted that at all. So now we're kind of like, I was speaking to my band a couple of days ago and everyone's just kind of raring to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> I said to him, I'll never, I'll never turn down a show ever again in my life. <laughs> That's yeah. a big commitment, but I'll never do it. And it's been nice to kind of sit back 
but at the same time for my music especially it's it's all about the show it's all about mm -hmm. the gig you know and getting that the message in the songs across to the audience and not being able to do that is is tough now it's tough i'm ready to get back to it <laughs> yeah and i think that's so i mean don't want to jump the gun but i feel like that's kind of where we're moving to now you know things have been opened up yeah um yeah, pubs, everything's full of people. So, you know, providing that goes well, I think the next step is, you know, the, the entertainment industry gets back into the full swing of things and, you know, we can see some live music because, you know, I, I for one definitely miss not even just being, you know, just being at a live event, you know, that mm. build up to going into the venue or whatever the case is, you know, just the whole process of doing that is just a moment in itself you know so i think a lot of people like yourself you know artists as well they'll be dying to get back on stage and uh, you know i think I'm, i can speak for a lot of artists that are going to be looking forward to to doing that as well but you mentioned your band um which i didn't know about so tell me a bit more about yeah. the bands that you, you work with or is part of part of yourself yeah so we kind of re we restructured the band um in february last year when we kind of had ridiculous amounts of dates coming up from the summer onwards Obviously, everything was cancelled, um, but they've been with me throughout the whole lockdown, and we've been—I've been keeping them busy. <laughs> um, sometimes I'll send them a demo that I've, I've written. Like we've done about—we've probably written about eight or nine songs during lockdown, yeah. And, yeah. and got the structure with the production and stuff. So it was nice to sit back and kind of and do that with them. Um, but it's just keeping them motivated as well. I was very much keeping them motivated throughout the whole thing because they are all full-time musicians right so it's impacted them a lot um they kind of live for the, the the gig industry really um but jake who plays guitar with me is he's been with me about two years sam is on keys he's been with me about 18 months he did his first show was the o2 with me oh well okay. and he <laughs> he was nervous i remember it, it it's quite great. a big venue though isn't it the o2 i mean the o2 um yeah. this is the o2 academy Birmingham. O2 Academy 3, yeah. 3, yeah. So that's a big venue, isn't it? I think it Come was. On. I mean, going from the Sunflower and then we went into the, walked into that venue on the, on the Friday. But he was like, shit. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I looked at the stage and went, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> and then that pretty much sold out as well. I think there was a couple of oh, tickets wow. from it being sold out, which yeah. was mad. Um, and that was a memorable show. That was the biggest show I think we've done. Yeah, it's a big and venue. We've man. got yeah we've got the hare and hounds in um is it king's heath coming yeah, up yeah. in june so um that's going to be that's another like prestigious massive yeah. venue do you know God, what i mean I've seen a lot of people. yeah and i think that'll be our most <laughs> hopefully our best gig in terms of a performance aspect that, that little nervous <laughs> laugh there didn't feel me with joy <laughs> are you expecting on, anything um, to go wrong or <laughs> uh, i mean i hope not every show has something that goes wrong in terms of instruments or equipment or yeah, something yeah. Yeah. but um we go back into rehearsals next month um to kind of restructure the whole thing like mm -hmm. we we're going as a show now it's not just like a like a little gig anymore it's a, it's a massive thing a now. So, thing. yeah we gotta take it serious a bit more yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know 100 hundred percent um so yeah moving over to you mentioned 2017 which was mm. the first time i think um you got your first national radio play for yeah. firing my heart is that the single that yeah. it was relating to so is that the single that you mentioned when you obviously put out the one when you was um in 2016 but then mm. firing my heart done really well in terms of streams and the, the audience and the attention that it got as well yeah it did i mean 
we it was a bit of a delay on the single because we did the video in January and then put out the single in May. So there was right. like a four or five month period where I was like, I don't know what to do with the song. Do I put it out? <laughs> um, eventually we did. And that's when it kind of, over like a five, six week period, it kind of started to gain a bit of hype and people started to talk about it. And I'm mad a couple of mad times that I was in the city center and heard someone blasting it through their car window. Like it was, Crazy, it was a bit surreal, it? Yeah, a yeah. bit surreal. I still can't get used to it. Um, but I, I, I chased one of the cars and was like, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's Did they it. stop? <laughs> Yeah, he did actually. Yeah, it's like nah, it ain't yours. Like, it is. <laughs> did you have to prove yeah, it to was, him as well? Yeah, I was like, I'll show you the original lyrics if you want. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was surreal. I'll never, I'll never got over that feeling. And just hearing your song, that was yeah. the first one that kind of gained national play. Going in the car and hearing your song come on, I don't know. I think it was Switch Radio at the time, and it was just like, wow, you know, yeah. it was a bit. It was a big deal. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can imagine. And um, just tell us a bit about the concept behind the song as well, because I think um, you know, there's a, like I said before, there's like a lot of powerful messages, and the the vocals almost hit you um, on on that yeah. song. So just give us a bit of back context, the the backstory behind that around um, the, the yeah. song itself. Yeah, fire in my heart was. Um, I was listening to a lot of Adele at the time. And um, I was in my bedroom kind of writing on my on my keyboard at the time. I was looking for a ballad again. <laughs> and um, I was looking for one of them again. And then I listened to, I think it was Set Fire to the Rain or something like that. Mm. And um, the lyric for Fire in My Heart just came to me as soon as I went in the shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the melody and the lyric just came to me all at once. Um, sent it to the producer that I was working with at the time. And he was like, this is great. Like, this has got to be a single. I was like, okay, great. You know, we'll it took about three or four months to structure it because I really wanted to kind of Get go right. full blast with that one. Yeah, completely. I wanted the drums to be prominent in that and dominant as well. Um, and the key is high. I mean, trying to, it's really high for a male to sing. Yeah. There's a massive note at the end of it that I haven't done live yet just because I'm, I kind of dodge it a little bit <laughs> and let the audience do it. But hopefully in the hair and hounds will kind of, will do it. <laughs> That was why that nervous laugh was there. That, that was what it was. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good single, I think. Um, yeah, like you said, I know um, when when I started listening to some of your music, I remember that one sort of standing out in terms of um, mm. sort of the audience that it drew in, you know, the mm. streams were quite really, you know, really good for that as well. Um, I wanted to ask as well, if have, or are you currently signed at the moment or would you sign a, a um a record deal if if that opportunity came up yeah it's definitely a, you know it's always been a kind of goal of mine to sign with whether that be an independent label they seem to do really great stuff as yeah. well as well as the major labels um it's definitely on the cards definitely um i just want to kind of see how the next year pans out you know i want to make sure that everything that's kind of booked in is done um and then invite some some in, interesting and important people to the gigs and stuff. You know, I think that's where it kind of stands at the moment. Um, there's definitely been interest over the past year, mm. but I'm really cautious of who I go with because I want it to be a great partnership. You know, I don't yeah. just want it to be like a six month thing and then it, you know, Fizzles kind of fades. Out. But yeah, I want I want the best team around me to kind of propel the whole thing. It's not just me that will have this success; it's my band as well and my team. I make sure everybody's involved with it. Yeah. Um, and we kind of share the fruits of that, you know. So it's definitely on the cards. It's just a matter of kind of 
who and when, you know, but yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't decline anyone <laughs> if yeah, I wanted no, to. No, I think the opportunity has got to be right as well. Like you said, yeah. you know, it's got to, it's got to benefit not just you, but everyone that's around yeah. your table as well. Um, and there's some, like you said, you know, there's some independent record labels out there that are, probably can offer you a lot more than a major would um, in, in some yeah. aspects, you know, just, just that exposure that an, an indie label can give you is sometimes better than what the major would give you, you know, and it comes with a lot of consequences when you sign with a major as well. Um, it does. I mean, independent labels, a lot of the great people that we're seeing at the moment, the, the, the kind of diverse artists we're getting are, are springing from independent labels, yeah. which nobody ever thought would be the case. Everyone thought the majors would be all and end all. Yeah. But they've kind of proved like a, a record label that I really appreciate is um, XL Recordings based yeah. in London. Yeah. Some of the incredible artists that are on their roster is impeccable. Like you can't fault it. Um, that's a diverse label. There's a couple of others as well that are doing a lot of bits at the minute, you know, um, so I'd definitely be more willing to kind of open the door for them as well. You know, not yeah. just the majors. Obviously, they can offer you all the resources in the world. They've got everything. Um, but the independents care a lot about the artists as well and their well-being and what they want, you know, and that's, that's important in, yeah. in our generation, I think. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think it is. Um, I think it's definitely important. I wanted to talk to you as well about collaborations. Um, what your thoughts were, if there's any coming up that we don't know about, but just in terms of um, how important do you think as an artist it is, especially as a songwriter, I mean, you know, songwriters have to collaborate with other artists anyway, but I just think as that crossover to from songwriter to just a songwriter, but as an artist as well, um, how important do you think collaborations is for, for a music artist to get their music out? Yeah, so... For, from experience, I think writing collaborations has been a massive part of my kind of journey, so to speak, uh, so far. I've done a lot of writing with an artist based in Bournemouth called Charlie Hole, and I've wrote some of my best stuff with him. Yeah. Like the, the last single, Yesterday, was with him. Let Your Love, the single from last year, was with him. He's, he's done some incredible work with me. Um, I've never done, apart from like a feature collaboration about four years ago when I was starting out, I haven't really on record done a collaboration with someone. I think I'm searching for the right one or the yeah. right person to kind of connect with. Um, I'd love it to be a female. Would love it. Um, some artists at the moment, like one of my friends, Naomi Dawes, who's um, she's got a very Florence the Machine kind of sound going on. Yeah. And I love that kind of alternative indie pop I think sound. I think that would work well. I think that would work really yeah. well. Yeah. She bears her soul in her stuff and I, that's what kind of attracts me. Um, but we plan to do some writing together. Me and James Reedy as well. We've done a lot of, we've done a song together. Um, planning to do a couple more. Yeah, it'd be great. I was in the studio with him a couple of weeks ago while he was laying down a couple of vocals on his stuff, and I was like, you know, this could work as a collaboration as well. You know, yeah. on record. So I think we'll definitely approach that idea when it kind of comes to it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely open to that stuff. I yeah, think it's no. important. It's definitely important. I think it's one of those things that, um, especially in today's, the way music is today and the fact that it has, it's got such a short lifespan music, I feel, mm. at the moment. You know, I was speaking to someone only last week, I think it was, and, you know, they'd put out new music and mm. people were tweeting them, asking them for new music. It's just, yeah. you know, a week later they'd been asked, well, when's the next, you know, 
next thing coming out and it's almost like a short lifespan so i think collaborating collaborations help that because obviously if you've got your single out and then you go and do one with you know someone else or someone else and mm. you know just get your name out there any even more but i do think it's a, a big part of music you know and it helps other artists as well you know someone might not be who wants to go and do the sunflower lounge who hasn't done that mm below not below you that sounds like you know look at me kind of thing but you know what i mean who's who's not achieved <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. as much as what you have um you know they might benefit from that just as much as you would as well so i think it's definitely important absolutely agree i mean i think we live in a very moorish culture everybody mm -hmm. just wants everything at one time and then they're looking for the next thing yeah i'm what i kind of gave into that at some stage um i think it was 2019 i released like three or four singles in the year and that's at the time i didn't have the material to write about so i wasn't putting out as much as i would have wanted yeah but i didn't i kind of realized after that i don't want to be a singles artist so it's great to kind of i think if you're like a really commercial pop kind of artist i think it's necessary to do that because yeah. you can have a number one and then people want another number one and another that's one it. so yeah. you're constantly on radio constantly in people's faces which is great for people that it works for like that but I definitely want to be a, a career artist and, and have longevity and not just release singles. That's why I've kind of kind of made the decision not to release any more singles until the EP is finished next month. Like yeah. I want everything done. Um, and then we've got material after that to go in and do the next EP after that. So I think it's important to quality, not quantity, I guess, yeah, is the, the cliche line for it, you know? You got yeah. you got to keep it consistent, but also make sure it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and that's 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 where a lot of artists go wrong because I feel like they they do the flip of that. They bring out as much as they can, and a lot of yeah. it either sounds the same or it's just not what they would probably want to put out. They just feel like they've got to put it out, you know. And yeah, I absolutely. Like, I mean, some of the, the the artists that I respect the most take like three or four years between albums. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't, and I don't work, mind that. Yeah, no, as long as the, the content that comes out is like epic, <laughs> I'm here yeah, for yeah. it. But um, I think if you're constantly putting out single after single after single, and it's very easy to get trapped into that world, you know, it, you've got to continue that for the rest of your career. And that is a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a um, lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work and that's a lot of touring as well off the back yeah. of it, you know, because yeah. if you've got a number one, you, you're going to be touring yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, and if you're prepared for that, then great. But if you, you know your mental state and your physical being is not up to it, then you know, yeah. stop releasing singles every two months. That's <laughs> a fair point. It's a hundred percent right. That's right. Yeah, man. Um, I want to talk about yesterday um, mm. for two reasons. I think the the visuals were amazing. Thank you very much. But also the song as well. Um, again, it's quite a, a powerful song. Um, which yeah. all, all your music is, um, it is quite powerful and uh, has a message behind it. And uh, like I said, when, when James Reedy was on, I was saying something similar to him that you can almost yeah. connect with the, the music in some way because it's relatable, whether it's to you or it might be someone that you know, or, you know, yeah. there's, there's some sort of connection there. So just talk us through that one and, and, and especially the visuals, because I think the visuals is what got me on that one, but just talk to me, um, around the context around around yesterday as well yeah so i think yesterday was um i wrote that with charlie holly who's done a, quite a, a few of my records i think it was an accumulation of being fed up by really shitty relationships <laughs> to be honest we've all been there um, before <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um, i had a relationship 
uh, about 18 months ago now, nearly two years, that really left me wondering and questioning myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, it can't always be the other person. Let me take my 50% of the blame. Um, and when I kind of analyzed the whole thing, I was like, okay, yeah. But then I went into a writing session a couple of days later after we kind of ended and kind of that kind of went out the window and I started shifting the blame again. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what, I've had enough of this. And Charlie said, what's been going on? Tell me what's been going on. I just let it pour out. I probably cried or something as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was a right mess. Um, but yesterday is very much, even though it's a sad song and very melancholy, Mm. There's a liberating message in, in, in the chorus, you know, you're kind of burning the past to yesterday. You're not going to think about it again and, and yeah. relive that again. Um, and the, and I, I think that's resonated with people that everybody that's, that's heard it and commented on it and stuff has it's been really sweet to read how much it kind of helped them get through something because that's ultimately what I, what I want my music to do for people. Um, the visual was filmed with Chris Brooker, who's always done my stuff. Um, he's an absolute legend. Um, I had a very different concept in mind when we started discussing it. And um, when we got the final master back of the of the song, I was like, no, it needs to be stripped back. It needs yeah. to be right in my face. I want, the, I want it all in black and white, pretty much. Um, so we literally, <laughs> in the living room over there, had a black screen up and we did like take after take because I wanted it all to be one take. Yeah. Um, especially the black and white shots you see. Um, and it took a, it took a couple of hours to get the right one, but we, I, we just nailed this one shot. Um, and there was a, a slight tear at the end <laughs> in my eye and I was like, okay, great. We're using it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I just wanted it to be very intimate and very in your face. And yeah. I just wanted to sing and let people see that kind of emotion that the, the song portrays, you know? Yeah. And it definitely does that. Cause I feel like we're almost on that journey with you a little bit in mm. the song you know it kind of gives you that kind of you, you're we're we're feeling the same way you would have felt yeah. obviously not writing that song but prior to that we we're almost feeling that through especially i think more so through the visuals as well as the song but mm. um you know the, like I'm, I'm, I'm almost glad that you did strip it back and you did yeah. do that because i think it complements the song really well um and there's a, there's an acoustic version to that as well isn't there the, the, the song yeah there's like um we was doing a live session for the last single let your love and we was in this um this beautiful jazz club in, in london amazing. last year i was like oh, it was incredible yeah yeah it was in um near waterloo station yeah and um there was a massive piano there and my keys player sam he just couldn't resist he was like let's play a song i was like okay great one which one um and he said let's practice yesterday because this was before this was a couple of weeks before we went into the studio to do it right and um I remember being there and we did like one take of the, of yesterday and it, the acoustic sounded incredible. Um, and the cameraman, Chris didn't have a microphone on him cause we were just shooting the video for a different song. And, um, I was just like, use my iPhone if you want and just put it on portrait or whatever. And we'll just sing. And the lighting was so great as well. Cause he set all the lights. Oh, wow. So that's shot on your iPhone. It was shot on my iPhone. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't mic'd up or anything. It was very natural and, you know, you could see all the veins in my neck and stuff like that. Is, you know, is is pretty natural, wow. <laughs> really intimate. Okay, no, that's that's brilliant. I didn't know that because I mean, when you look at, it, I think it's on your Instagram, isn't it? So, mm. um, yeah, anyone who hasn't watched that, 
go and go and give it a watch because I honestly you wouldn't think that was shot on an iPhone. Uh, my yeah, iPhone man, is definitely not that good. I mean, I need to upgrade it. I think, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I upgraded a couple of weeks before we did that shoot. So I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still on like the ten, I think, or something like that. So I need to get like the 12. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, <laughs> so. Talk to us about what's next. What what can we expect? You mentioned an EP, so um, yeah. When's that coming out? So the second to last single is in mixing mode at the moment. It's being mixed um, by a great friend of mine called Andrea. He did the last single with us, okay. um, and then we're going back into the studio with um, a guy called Brett Shaw, who's done a lot of Florence and the Machine and um, Foles records, which are pretty iconic to me. Yeah. Um, so we're going back into the studio with him on May the 2nd, the bank holiday weekend, to lay down the last song. And it's um, it's a proper, like, sassy kind of ballsy lyric as well. And, there, and there's a massive, like, stomping bass drum in it. It's, it's going to oh, be a bit it. mad, to be fair. <laughs> and is, that, be that's on, is this going to be on the EP as well, or is this just before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be on the EP. Yeah, 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 I can't wait for it. We've done an acoustic version of it as well, which sounds probably even more ballsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to get it out, to be honest. And got then, a, um, I was going to say, yeah, so we've got, got um, yeah, we're looking at um, September for the EP. Okay, cool. Um, and there'll be a lot in the meantime between like June and August to kind of prepare for that with the with the gigs and stuff. So we'll be to make sure people come down and kind of hear the showcase of the songs for the first time, you know, because that's ex essentially what it will be. It'll be a showcase for them to invest in the EP later on. So, yeah, yeah we're looking at September. Yeah, perfect. So, Hare and Hounds is in June. Yeah, June twenty seventh. June twenty seventh. So make sure you get down if you're local to Birmingham. I wish I was. Um, <laughs> although I might make the journey down if we're allowed to. Um, yeah, I mean, right. I'm in, I'm in Liverpool at the moment, so it's a bit of a journey. Oh, but sweet. Um, yeah, so anyone who's in Birmingham, Hare and Hounds, make sure you're down there. And September for the EP. EP, yeah. Yep. Okay, and that's that's yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I think just being able to get back to live music. So um, I'm sure there'll be more dates that you'll be doing beyond the Hare and Hounds as well. Once the EP's out, yeah. So the first show we've got is the um, the Bedford in in London, okay. um, which is obviously a massive kind of. It's known for like the Ed Sheeran EP that he did years ago and stuff there. So it's a pretty prestigious and iconic venue. Mm. Um, and we've got a, we've got like a 45 minute slot on that one on June the 9th. So anyone that's in London, come down for it. It's going to be pretty intimate because we've got to keep it stripped back because yeah, <laughs> of COVID. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a show on the 25th of June in Derby, which I've never played before. And then, yeah, the Hare and Hounds on June 27th. After that, we're looking at Manchester headlines and London headlines. So, yeah. so it's going to be a busy one. It's a busy, <laughs> it's a busy I hope you enjoyed that that sort of 18 months of no live performances because it sounds like you've got a lot <laughs> A lot coming up which is good you know it's a, it's a good mm. thing so um yeah obviously it's been a pleasure having you on you know um there's definitely a lot to come from you by the sounds of things um anyone who hasn't listened to any of um, martin's music it's, it's all out on you know spotify apple music all of the other digital streaming platforms go and stream yesterday which is the latest single that's well, the one mate yep that's the one and then we'll have um all the live gigs that we've just mentioned as well all the descriptions will be um sorry the links will be in the description of of the uh episode that we're about to release and as always you can follow us on ear to the streets podcast uh martin do you want to just give us your social handles as well just so we've got them on there yeah it's martin yates music across the board 
Facebook, oh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything. I love that. It's so easy. Yeah, I need to start doing <laughs> it's that. It's so I simple. Said, I said that to someone, <laughs> I think it was on the podcast, that I've got like different ones for everything. And someone asked me the other week, what, what's your um, socials? I, um, I'll just give you one because you'll have to get a pen and paper otherwise. So yeah, so just give us that again just so everyone can say it there. Martin Yates Music, is that correct? Yeah. Martin Yates Music, that's me, mate. Perfect. And thanks for coming on, Martin. Appreciate it. And hopefully we can get you back on as well when the EP comes out. Be good to do it. Yeah, thanks two. for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Perfect. Man. Thanks. <laughs>